What if I said that after church we're going to have an ice cream fellowship and I've got uh, about 14 different flavors of homemade ice cream that I've got an abundance of. How many of you could stay for a little while for an ice cream fellowship? Will you raise your hand? All right, I got a hearty amen to start out with. The bad news is I don't. But let me ask this question, and I don't want you to raise your hand, but what if I said that we're going to have a little while of just a focused prayer time, and how many of you stay? Now, I don't want you to raise your hand, but I wonder if everybody that raised their hand that said they'd stay for the ice cream fellowship would stay for the time of just a focused prayer. The reason I say that is that I've found over the years, and it's no thing that uh, is any uh, unknown factor within Christianity, but you can announce an ice cream fellowship, you can announce any type of eating, type of uh, get-together, and people will stay. But if you say, we're going to have a prayer time, then the crowd goes down very quickly. Why is that? When we know, and if I were to ask a question today and said, what is prayer to each one of you? Probably the, I guess the overall answer would be, well, talking to God. And I might get a few other little different responses, but basically people would say, well, that's talking to God. Shouldn't we get excited about talking to God? But yet we can announce a focused prayer time and the crowds are the smallest crowds. Maybe we don't understand the true aspect of prayer beyond just, okay, talking to God, which is awesome within itself, but understanding that prayer is really kind of like intimacy with God. It's a time of just us getting alone with God and speaking to Him and Him hearing our voice. Prayer in some ways, and I want you to understand, it's from the intimate standpoint, but it's, in some ways prayer is like intimacy of a husband with his wife. It's something that should be shared personally. It's something that we should be excited about. And I guarantee you that if I were to ask the hands of all the men who get excited about intimacy with their wife, probably all hands would go up if they knew what was good for them. It is a moment of intimacy. It's something that we should be excited about just like a husband and wife intimacy. It's because we have a love relationship. And why do not people get excited about, or maybe when it comes to loving someone, let's just say that. When it comes to loving someone, we usually love people that we know well and that we've been around a lot, right? Would y'all agree with that? We love people when we've known them and we've hung around with them a lot. Maybe that's why some people don't get excited about prayer. They don't know God, and they haven't hung around with Him a lot. You see, I get excited about prayer. Matter of fact, I am a prayer leader. I was uh, in the uh, focus of uh, the September event of One Cry, praying for spiritual awakening. They asked, as we kind of got together and developed a leadership team, they asked me if I would be interested in leading the prayer. And I said, sure, that's kind of an area of uh, my focus that I really like to uh, really have a leadership in. And they said, well, we know that. That's the reason we want to ask you to do prayer. And for some people, they would say, well, let me do publicity, let me do this. But prayer is something that I really like to focus on because I get excited about talking with the God whom I love and I have come to know very well. Did you catch that? I get excited about prayer. 
because it's spending time with a God I've come to know and to love very well. So prayer should be something that's a top priority. It's something that we get excited about. And we're going to look at it this morning in 2 Chronicles 7, 14. Just this one verse. And I'm going to read it out of the New King James. And it says this. If my people who are called by my name... We're going to pause there for just a second. So here the Lord is not just addressing prayer of anybody or just prayer in general... But the Lord is addressing a specific thing to a specific people. He says, my people. Well, who is God's people? He says, those who are called by my name. So we know that God is talking to those of us who call ourselves Christians, God's people. God's speaking to us. He's not just saying, all right, if if all the sinners in the world would pray and repent of their sinfulness. God's saying, what I'm addressing about prayer is I'm talking to my people. Those who call themselves Christians, those who make up the church, the body of Christ. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray. So he's addressed who he's talking to and the specific topic, and that is prayer. So the Lord's saying, all right, those of you who are my people, who are called by my name, those of you who are Christians, let's talk a little bit about prayer. And here's what he says. Humble yourselves, pray and seek my face. And turn from your wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their land. Now, as you look at this scripture, it's just one scripture that's pretty clear. God's talking to his people, he's talking about praying. But the Lord gives three steps, you might say, that he's asking us to do to understand about prayer. And then he gives what are three sources or solid promises from God. If we do that, now I want you to understand that this is not like, okay, if you go to first base, second base, and third place, then you'll make it home. Matter of fact, the scripture, if you were to understand it in the original Hebrew writing and you look at it, the Lord is using verbs, so he's talking about some action here. And he's written it in the, had it written in the imperative, which means it's a command. So the Lord is not saying, all right, this would be good if y'all did this. He's not saying, uh, well, Here's a good way to try it. The Lord is saying, I'm telling you, this is the way to get it done. This is what I'm expecting of you. This is what I desire, and this is what I command. You know, sometimes when we hear the word command, it sounds a little harsh, doesn't it? I'm being bossed around. I'm being pushed around. But what God's command is wrapped in a bowl of love. God's command is saying, here's what I know is best for you. Here's what I know works Here's what I have designed and desire for things to do. And here's, I'm going to wrap around my arms around you and love on you. Because I want the, what is best for you and turn out best in your life. So when the Lord is, has things written in the imperative, it's not like, okay, I want to push you around. But I want to love on you and make life better for you. And make things less stressful in your life. I have experienced over the years many people who say, I've asked God to do this and he didn't do it. And I'm just really upset and I'm, and I'm mad at God. I had someone that just even recently in the last six months who told me, said, I'm just really upset with God because God's not doing what I'm asking him to do and he's not answering my prayers. Now I'm listening to this person and I know the circumstances of their life and I'm thinking the activity and the attitude of your life doesn't tell God that you want to be intimate with him. 
It's telling God, God, you're Santa Claus and I need you to answer all my wish list. And that's not what God's interested in. We understand, if you're listening, say amen. amen. We understand God's interested in intimacy, right? He's not interested in being our retailer and answering our wish list, but God is interested in intimacy. So what if God's people prayed the way God commanded us to pray? I want to bring out three steps to a powerful prayer that God reveals to us in these scriptures. And the first word I want you to look at in that verse 14 is the word humble. The Lord says, humble ourselves before God. And when God says to humble ourselves before Him, it is an expression of surrendering to God, surrendering to His will, to His authority. Matter of fact, if you were to look at 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse 6, it uses another word in the Greek language that says, humble yourselves therefore under the mighty hand of God. Now, that expression is letting us know, matter of fact, the word uh, tapano that's written in the Greek language means to make lower. So what the Bible is saying is you and I, if we want God to hear our prayers and answer our prayers, which I think all of us do, Right? Yeah, we want God to answer our prayer. I'd like for God to answer all my prayers. Except for the ones I am praying in the wrong attitude that's going to mess my life up. And I want Him to intervene there. But God's saying, humble yourselves, make yourself lower. And then it says, under His mighty hands, which is saying, God, I'm lower than you and you are higher than me. So I'm humbling myself under your authority. The Lord is saying in these scriptures that if we want God to answer our prayers, maybe we need to look at our prayer and ask ourselves this first question. Am I putting that first step in my prayer life? Am I humbling myself before God? Am I putting God higher than me and the ultimate authority and putting myself at the lowest point? I don't know how many of you know Adrian Rogers that uh, has gone on to be with the Lord. But he was a very well-known uh, preacher on TV, radio. And I remember uh, sitting listening to Adrian Rogers and he told me that when he had just, when he was playing football at college and he knew God was calling him into ministry and he just wanted to be doing what God wanted to do and he knew that he couldn't take himself as, okay, I'm a quarterback, I'm a, I, you know, I'm well popular and, and, and everybody knows me and, and I can do great things for God. He knew that the only way that he could do anything great for God was to humble himself and let God be the highest authority. So he said what he did was he got off by himself and he thought, I've got to just get as low as I can. And he laid down on the ground and he dug a place in the dirt and he stuck his nose down in it and he said, God, I'm just as low as I can be. That's what humbling yourself is. I had recently a person that I, I, I was listening to them share their testimony and I'm not sure I heard exactly every word they say, but they were going through a trial in their life. And they realized, I've just got to humble myself before God. And if I understood them right, they said, I've got to just get as humble and as open before God. And so they just took off all their clothes and just lay flat on the living room floor just to get as humble and as low and as exposed to God as they could. The Lord is saying, hey, what if my people prayed that way? With humility. I don't want anybody to raise your hand, but has, has anybody really been that humble before God? I mean, that low? Is that where your life and my life has been lived out and we're asking God to answer our prayers? Because I'm thinking if we're, we're doing like God says, He's going to answer our prayers. That humble. 
The Lord also says not only would we humble ourselves before God, which means just to surrender to Him and just get as low as we can, but then He says to seek His face. The Bible also tells us that the Lord said, Seek me while I may be found. I want you to listen to what that verse says. Seek me while I may be found. I have found that many people seek God when they want God to be found. Right? God, I I have a problem in my life right now and, and God, I need you to intervene. Maybe Roger's being hard on you global folks and you're having to maybe take a test or something. You're saying, God, Roger is being unreasonable. I can't remember all this. I need some help to pass this test. God, could you help me here? So we, we pray and we seek God when we want God to show up. But the Lord didn't say that. He didn't say, seek me when you need me. He said, seek me while I may be found. I wonder if God in saying that is not saying that when God is out there and He's wanting that intimacy with us, that's when we should be seeking Him. I wonder if God's saying, seek His face, if He's not saying, seek God's will and not our will. You know, when Jesus, before He went to the cross, He said, Lord, if it be possible, let this cup or let this which I'm about to face... Let it pass from me. But then he said, not my will, but your will be done. Maybe that's what Jesus was doing. He was just seeking God's face and saying, God, I'd love for you to intervene in this way right now, but your will is a lot more important than my will is. Maybe that's what seeking God's face is and not seeking God when I want God, but seeking God when God is there. Then the Lord says, turn, turn from our wicked ways. Stop sinning and start serving. Make a change of direction. The word that was used there for turn meant to go back. And if you put, if you could put sin on the stage, I'm going to put sin over here where the drums are because my wife plays a keyboard, so I'm not going to put sin over there. Let's, let's say we could fill this, this fish aquarium full of sin. Nathan would be in bad shape. But we've put this full of sin. And we say, okay, sin is right here. Could you tell me where God is? I sure can. He's going to be in the exact opposite direction. I don't care where you put sin at. Wherever sin is at, do you ask me where God is? He's in the opposite direction. And so if the Bible's saying, turn from your wicked ways, turn from sin. And I don't have to know anything about direction, but no, if it's there, God's over here. And so the Bible's telling us, turn from our wicked ways to stop sinning and start serving and searching God. And I look at that and God's saying, okay, here's the three things you need to look at in your life if you want to have powerful prayer. If God's people would pray, when it says, if my people will pray, it's not talking about the quantity of prayer. Do you understand that? Quantity is how much. If my people would pray more, God's not saying, if my people would pray a lot more times a day. But what God is saying when He says, humble yourselves and to seek His face and to turn from our wicked ways, 
what God is talking about is the quality of our prayer. Where we are in our relationship with Him. Remember, God's interested in intimacy. The Bible tells us that God created all of us. And it tells us in Genesis that God was walking in the Garden of Eden with Adam and Eve. Why was He doing that? He just wanted some intimacy. And that's all God's looking for us. What God is saying here is three steps to a powerful prayer. And it's not, hey, if you go to base one and base two and base three, you'll make a home run in your prayer. But God's saying, here is what I'm looking for in the quality of your prayer. To humble yourselves, put me higher, make you lower. To seek my face, not to just seek me when you need something, but to seek me when I'm there. And then turn from your wicked ways. Go the opposite of the sin and go towards the Savior. Now that's three steps to powerful prayer. It is the quality of prayer. And as I said, God written, had it written in the imperative, which means this is a command. This is just, if you want to have an intimate relationship with me, this is the conditions that will put you in intimacy. Just like with a husband and wife, if I want to have an intimate relationship with my wife, I can't go out fooling around with a bunch of other women and then come home to her. It don't work. I can't go out seeking others. And then seek her. I can't go in that direction opposite of her. And that's what God's basically saying. You can't have intimacy with me when you're going in the opposite direction, when you're elevating yourself above me. Now, if we go to this state of this quality of prayer, of humbleness and seeking God and turning, is God going to answer our prayer? Well, He says He is and He gives us three solid promises that God says He will do. He says, first, I will hear Hear from heaven, which means He's ready to hear our prayers. Matter of fact, the word that was used there for hear means He is already listening. Remember, every word that I'm telling you about, humble, seek, turn, and hear are verbs. They're in an action word, which means God right now, even though we're not praying, God's saying, I am listening. Oh, I want to hear your voice. This morning, this is not to take anything away from God, okay? Everybody understands this. Every Sunday morning, when I get up, I get up and I go pray. I spend about an hour with God. When I was kind of coming down to the end of my hour with God, Joyce had not got up from bed yet when I got up. But while I was praying, while I was ending to my prayer time, I heard my wife's footsteps downstairs. And so when I was ending my prayer, I was thinking, can't wait to go downstairs and hear my wife's voice. So here I come down the stairs and I'm coming down the stairs and she goes across the living room and she didn't see me. I said, good morning. She steps back and she said, good morning. And she smiled. Man, that made my day. Because I got to hear her voice. I was anticipating. I was waiting for it. I wanted to hear her. And she had a beautiful smile. That's kind of what God's saying here. I'll hear from heaven. I'm already listening. I got my ears open. I'm anticipating. God is saying, I'll hear you. When you humbly seek in me, turn from your ways, I'll hear from heaven. God is ready to hear our prayers. But then he says, not only will I hear you, but I'll forgive your sins. Now, I don't know about y'all, but I need that. He said, I'll forgive your sins. That means God is ready to cleanse us. The Bible tells us in 1 John, he says that God is faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us of all our unrighteousness. Now, sometimes people can look at the man up here in the pulpit and say, 
okay, there's a righteous man and, you know, he never sins. Matter of fact, there was a person in our church one time that the devil put in their mind that I thought I never sinned. When they told me that, I, I just started laughing. I said, what are you laughing about? I said, you must, I know everybody else church knows I sin, so I don't know where you got that. The devil must have told you that. I share some of my sins from the pulpit. Not that I'm proud of them, but I know that we struggle with sin. So I need forgiveness of my sins. And the Bible's telling us God is ready to cleanse us completely of all our sins. That He is holy and just and He must punish sin. But the Bible says He's willing to forgive us and to cleanse us of all our unrighteousness. Every single sin, it doesn't matter what sin you've committed. And the Bible tells us very clear that sin is a barrier to our prayers. When I have unconfessed sin in my life, it's like I'm building a brick wall between me and God. And He can't hear my prayers. The Lord said, I'll hear from heaven and I will forgive your sins. And then He says, I will heal your land. The Lord is ready to restore us and to bless us. That expression of healing our land is an expression of that if God's people are praying, not only will we in multitude, will God hear our prayers, but God will begin to heal that which affects the life that we're living around in. He will heal our land, which means He's ready to restore us in a right relationship and to bless us abundantly. If God's people prayed like God desires, we would see our prayers answered like we desire. I like that. If God's people prayed like God desires, God, then we would see our prayers answered like we desire. I want to ask you to bow your head and close your eyes for just a moment. If God's people prayed, not that we're just praying a bunch of prayers, and listen, it's good to pray several times. David or Daniel prayed three times a day. So quantity of prayer is good. But what God is saying here is, is the quality of your prayer. Not that you just said, hey, I need to go through a ritual. I need to go through a routine. But I need to go with the right heart and the right attitude and the right motives before God. Humble. I'm lower, God's higher. I'm less, He is more. Seeking God's face. Where God already is and what God is already doing, His will and turning, abandon my sin, and just start serving and seeking out the Savior. If God's people prayed. This morning, I don't know what you may have been praying in your life. Maybe it's a prayer to pass a test, or maybe it's a prayer for a new job. Maybe it's a prayer for healing. But I know that God wants to transform some people's prayer by us understanding what God is really desiring for in our prayers. In the song that Michael sang by Casting Crowns, What If His People Prayed? It says, What if we picked up and dusted off our swords and vowed to set the captives free and not let Satan have one more? Do you sense the motivation there? What if the church, for heaven's sake, finally stepped up to the plate and took a stand upon God's promise and stormed hell's rusty gates? It's all talking about prayer for those of us who bear His name. And what would happen if we prayed for those raised up to lead the way? Then maybe kids in school could pray and unborn children would see the light of day. And what if the life that we pursue 
came from a hunger for the truth? What if the family turned to Jesus and stopped asking Oprah what to do? What would happen? He said that he would hear his promise has been made. He answered loud and clear, if only we would pray. Lord, I don't know where everyone is in their prayer life right now, but I know we live in a world that is constantly trying to draw us away from prayer, to belittle prayer, to make it just a ritual instead of a relationship, to make it more of an instant instead of an intimacy with you. But Lord, I know that this morning you want to draw people to pray. And Lord, there may be some folks that have been praying. Maybe they're one of those that's been angry at you. Maybe they feel like you haven't answered prayer. But Lord, when you had me just focus on the simplicity of these scriptures and the message, but I saw the power behind it. And the Bible tells us in James chapter 5 and verse 16 that the, that the effective prayer of a righteous person avails much. When we're right in our relationship with you, when we've humbled ourselves as low as we can, when we're truly seeking you of what you desire in our life and to fulfill your will in our lives, when we're turning away from sin and that is the motivation and movement of our life, not just in the moment that we need a prayer answer, but in the everyday aspect of our life, then we can count on you from Romans to know that you're working all things together for our good. So Lord, I pray, God, that for someone who's been struggling in their prayers and feeling like you're not hearing or answering or maybe it's just hitting the ceiling, God, I pray that, that today you're going to search their heart and just say, let's just get as humble as we can get. Will you seek me while I'm around? Not just when you want something. And will you turn and really turn to me and never go back? Lord, I'm praying right now, God, that you do a transformation in some people's prayer lives today. Lord, I pray especially for these folks from Global that their prayer life is going to be powerful and effective. It's going to accomplish much because they're going to have a right attitude of prayer, the right motivations. It's not going to be a ritual. I'm going to pray one, two, and three times a day. It's not going to be just something I do when I need the right answers from God. But it's going to be an intimacy with you. I believe that one word just answers it all. Just intimacy with you. Because we can't be intimate and be living in sin. We can't be intimate and exalt ourselves. We can't be intimate. Lord, when we're not truly seeking your will, we can't be intimate with you. So God, I just pray, Lord, that there'll be a mass of people today. That they'll leave here with a renewed commitment I just want to be intimate in my relationship with the Lord. And I'm going to know Him and love Him before I have to have a prayer answered. Have your precious will. To God be the glory. Amen.